Hello, Bulls fans, and welcome to the CHGO Bulls podcast presented to you by our friends at Giraffe King Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. I am Mark K from Australia at MK Hoops on Twitter, and I am joined not by the GOAT, the Will, Will Gottlieb is still gallivanting across the uh, the plains of Brazil and South America. So instead, I have two of my other friends. You may know them. One of these uh, fine fine fellas is named Matthew Pet Peck at Balls underscore Peck on Twitter. And I'm also thankfully joined by Big Dave Watson at Ball Sports on Twitter. Fellas, how are you? I am wonderful. I'm great. Wonderful. Although I'm wondering if there was a subtle dig there where you said you were thankfully joined by Big Dave after just saying that you were just normal joined by me. It's just fine. normal. <laughs> right, he, he got my Twitter handle wrong, so it's cool, man. It's all right. <laughs> Wait, I said, I said, didn't I say at ball sports? Isn't that what I said? Yeah, but you ain't put the bow. Like you gotta put the stank oh, on so it, Mark. <laughs> you gotta put the stank on it, Mark. Sorry, sorry, Dave. It's in there. Sorry, it's, in there. it's in there. It's in there. Well, look, I'm thankful to have you on the podcast, Matthew. Uh, Dave, of course, I'm thankful to have you on as well. Thank you. Um, thankful for everyone for tuning in on this podcast as well. We're obviously here on a uh, you know pre-Christmas episode. Uh, full disclosure, we are pre-recording this on a Tuesday afternoon slash evening Chicago time. Uh, certainly not the time for me, but uh, it's a little bit different here. But nonetheless, we just wanted to make that clear just in case things materialize over the coming days and for whatever reason we we don't touch on those things but nonetheless we wanted to give you guys an episode pre-christmas you, you know whether you're traveling whatever the situation may be maybe you just needed in need of your your routine bulls fix that's why we are here for you chgo bulls uh we wanted to talk to you about a whole bunch of stuff but um i guess the theme for today's show guys is to really just discuss maybe where things are at and and how that leads into maybe some New Year's resolutions for us heading forward into 2023. This year, or this calendar year at least, has uh, we've experienced a lot, a lot of, well, I was going to say a lot of highs, but maybe not a lot, <laughs> some highs and a lot of lows, um, maybe more recently, <laughs> more lows than highs. But nonetheless, we wanted to talk New Year's resolutions. Um, so that's essentially what we're doing today. Uh, is there anything else that we wanted to add there, guys, just from, from the top in terms of the agenda rundown? Is there anything else you guys wanted to speak about? Is there any breaking news that we should well, potentially reference on this podcast? I was going to say we should maybe add in the context that <laughs> recording this Tuesday late afternoon after that Sham Sharanya um, and Darnell Mayberry co-report from The Athletic dropped about what exactly is going on with our beloved Bulls. Uh, some issues mm -hmm. within the mm -hmm. locker room, maybe some issues going on with Billy Donovan, who is still reportedly safe as this team coach and got an extension, but there are some issues there. Zach Levine and the Bulls not seeing eye to eye. Maybe Zach and Demar not seeing eye to eye. Crazy report. So between recording this now and when our uh, listeners will hear this Christmas Eve, who knows what has happened and what more has been said. But that context is probably important and might be a big part of <laughs> this team's New Year's resolutions that we are about to talk about. No, that's fair. I mean, I was alluding to it. I didn't want to necessarily reference it because it's uh, it's one of those things where you see it appear on the Twitter timeline. It's just like, uh, okay, here we go. It's not surprising at all, but nonetheless, uh, it is what it is. So I'm assuming by now everyone understands what we're referencing here. Obviously, uh, Matt, you, you refer to the, the Shams and Darnell article. A whole lot of words. I'm not sure if we learnt too much, but nonetheless, it's um, not ideal to be having these sorts of reports you know, as we're approaching the uh, the jolly festive seasons, I guess things aren't necessarily overly festive or, uh, you know, at least from a spirit point of view, if I can say such a word on this podcast, I'm not fully spirited on this show. But nonetheless, let's talk New Year's resolutions with the lens that we've learned today based on that reporting. Uh, who wants to start? Maybe we can start with you, Big Dave. Is there any uh, New Year's resolutions from you from a Bulls perspective? Maybe we start from the top, eh? I mean, we can work our way down from, like, say, ownership, management, down through coaching, and maybe even through the players. Maybe we can do that first. So maybe I can hit you, Big Dave, with some New, new Year's resolutions for our friends Mark Eversley and Arturis Konashovis. What, what do you think they've got on their, uh, on their diary, on their calendars for 2023 to approve on? Well, I think one, one thing they have uh, on their calendar is to talk. <laughs> I think that's one Do thing they? they have on their I'm calendar. Sure yeah, I didn't say it was going to happen in January, <laughs> but it's going <laughs> to happen. They're going to talk. Um, 
to I, each I other think... or to the media and thus no, no, to the, the fan base. That is fair. That is very fair. <laughs> I think to the media, they, they will have this conversation. I don't know what we'll all get from that, uh, mm. what will come out of that, but it will be a conversation to be had. They usually, from what AK usually has done, usually comes out and say something around that all-star break, and he comes out and talks to the team. He might need to come out a little bit earlier than that and speak to the fan base about what the hell is going on, but that's one of the resolutions, though, is they will talk. They they will have some things to say, and I'm sure Bulls Nation and Bulls Media will have a ton of questions for them to answer, man, and I'm very interested and how AK answers those questions. Because like you said, uh, Mark K on the uh, previous show, like AK is not a guy who likes to talk, you know? And Mm -hmm. I haven't seen him in a bind here yet. You know what I'm saying? Answer those kind of questions. Everything's been kind of, okay, all right. You know, all right, it's cool. You're in a bind right here. This is an issue. I need to see how he responds when feet are to the fire. You know, I want to see what he has in him, what kind of resolve. Uh, is in AK and how he uh, responds to those kind of things. Yeah, I mean, this is the first real notable piece of adversity that he and his he and his management team have sort of had to face. So, to your point, Dave, that's a, that, that's critical as to how he responds to it. And when he generally does speak, he doesn't say a lot, um, and that's probably for a host of different reasons. Um, but it is it is. But yeah, it will be telling what he says. To, to the media, it'll be telling what he's saying to Mark, Mark Eversley, ownership, all that sort of things. But Matt, I'm wondering, do you think he'll be talking to other teams, rival teams, in relation to maybe where this team is headed, given that this uh, Bulls team, as we're currently recording, is 11 of 18, or 11 and 18, rather. They've just got absolutely walked by the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're, they're continuing a, a road trip here, a road stance. Uh, things seemingly probably won't improve, but obviously time will tell. But assuming they don't, do you think uh, AK needs to be on the buzzer there, on the phone, speaking to teams about you know possibly trading DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Caruso, whoever it may be? I do. I do think he needs to be doing that, uh, along with uh, his, uh, his GM, Mark Eversley. And even if he's not proactive in initiating those discussions, everything we're hearing is that their phones will be ringing from other teams calling. Yeah. Along with the Toronto Raptors, mm. another team projected to be in the mix in the playoffs in the East, and it's falling apart right now just like the Bulls are, the Bulls and the Raptors are the two most talked about teams right now as teams, other teams around the league are watching closely to see what they're going to do. Are they going to hit that blow-it-up button, the reset button, whatever you want to call it, and – take offers listen to offers on the pieces that other teams who are playoff bound might see as useful mid-season additions whether it be an expiring deal like Vooch, Alex Caruso or even the two biggest pieces of this team right now DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine I think whether or not they're the ones making the phone calls out of the gate the phone calls will start and then maybe they will start making some of their own calls once they've fielded a few and seen kind of what the market is for all of the tradable assets that this current roster has. Well, to that point, I guess a new news resolution for me from for AK is make sure you pick up the phone. <laughs> it's one thing for teams to, uh, to, to, to put through the calls, but are you going to pick up the call? Uh, and and uh, this is going to be an interesting part. And this comes back to your point, Dave. Like we're talking about the blow it up option or maybe the retool option. But is that something that this this franchise, this organization wants to do? So I guess from my standpoint, like from a strategic point of view, something that they need to work out within the next week or so, if, if, if it's not something they've already calculated on or, 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 or have put, built a scenario out, like what are we doing here? What what is What do you as an organization want to do? Is it the rebuild thing? Is it the retool thing? Like you need to make that decision because basically what's happening right now isn't sustainable. So... From my perspective, like we, we can joke about um, AK, his lack of his lack of willingness to talk, let's say, but um, I, I think they need to set a direction regardless. So whether it's trading and blowing it up or you know trying to retool the roster, like they're going to be busy boys in 2023. So I guess that's mm-hmm. from my point of view. I just want to see them do something, and more importantly, I want to understand why it is they do whatever it is, whether it is a retool, whether it is. A, a rebuild, whatever those sorts of things are. But I mean, Dave, like what, what do you think is more likely? A rebuild, knowing that this team sort of has just exited out of a four-year rebuild that didn't really amount to anything? 
um, and when AK and Mark FC were hired, we're talking about bringing back titles to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, do you think do you think they have an appetite for that? Do you think ownership has an appetite for that, or do you think potentially you know the the plan is to retool and try to find another way out of this thing? I think they're thinking retool. Honestly, um, I don't think they're thinking full blown rebuild. But I think mm-hmm. maybe it's the way uh, we look at it, and maybe it's the way we say it. Because when I think of a rebuild, I think fire sale for every single person on the team. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Sands like, you know, maybe Patrick Williams yeah, or something. Pat, because I, uh, yeah. I don't, yes, those guys and things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think it's more it, their idea of a retool might be the guys uh, who they brought in for free agency, like a DeMar and a Vooch. That might be a rebuild to, to most people. Um, yeah. But to me, that, I think that's a retool uh, because those contracts are going to be expiring. I mean, I know DeMar's got one more, um, but Vooch is, is definitely uh, expiring. And Zach is super interesting uh, in this scenario because uh, even then, I still feel like that's a retool. I don't find that to be a rebuild, even if you get rid of the, your big three, which is wild. But I don't find that to be a full rebuild because I know what Zach will bring you back. And maybe that's why I don't think that way because i'm like yeah, you, yeah. Give, you give up yeah. zach levine you're getting a lot back in return for him you give up Vooch, you're getting a nice haul you give up demar DeRozan, you're getting a nice haul those feel like retools and all right let's go do it now a rebuild is letting everybody go and stocking draft capital and forgetting this season i don't think they're ready to say forget this season i still think they're trying to win something and uh get to the playoffs that's why i think it'd be a retool yeah, I think that's a fair point. And, and maybe some of it is semantics, but like if you were trading DeMar DeRozan, maybe you're not getting star level talent back for him, but if you trade him for two or three role guys, as an example, then it's not really a rebuild. It's a retool to your point. But if you trade all these guys for draft picks, then yeah, obviously it is a rebuild. So uh, from that point of view, it'd be interesting to see what the path is. But I think before we even get there, I wonder if they want to continue down this continuity path, which they've continued to speak about. Um, I don't know if they need to see more. Is 30 games enough? But regardless, I, I do wonder if, if any, and you touched on this, Dave, like, are they going to try to play this out and trying to rekindle or find a way to get back into the postseason? So from that perspective, I mean, this kind of back comes back to Billy Donovan now. Like if, if AK sets the agenda that, no, we want to see more, we want to see this team play another month together, then it comes back to Billy and what he and the team can do to, I guess, right the ship, so to speak. So Matt, like in terms of, or transitioning away from from management down to coaching, like, I don't know, like, hey, is there resolutions here for Billy Donovan? Is there things that he could be doing that are, are different to help this team in some way or fashion, whether that's on the court in terms of scheme, whether that's off the court in rebuilding relationships? Like in, in that Shams and Darnell piece, there was, uh, you know, bits in there around the locker room and Billy maybe not seeing eye to eye. What that means, I guess, is we who knows because there's not much context in those quotes. But nonetheless, I mean, now it comes back to Billy in the event that this team wants to keep it together. So from your perspective, at least, is there things that Billy could be do- doing different or better as we head into 2023? I mean, it's it's probably not an answer that, that most of our listeners want to hear, but I'm not sure what else Billy can try. And I, hmm. I still don't fully comprehend those out there in Bulls Nation who are pounding their fists on whatever table they're seated at saying, Billy doesn't make adjustments. Even through the first 30 games of this season, we have seen Billy switch out, giving the young guys an opportunity to prove that they're starter caliber players, you know, talking about Io and Patrick Williams. We've also seen him revert back to starting Javante Green and Alex Caruso and seeing if that would help this team get out to better starts because the Bulls kept digging themselves these huge holes and these big deficits in the first quarters and first halves of the games. He's also gone and tried different going big versus going small, giving Andre Drummond minutes or player junior at the five. And we've even a couple of short glimpses of him playing Pat at the five. We've seen him go back and forth between staggering Zach Levine with the second unit and staggering DeMar DeRozan with the second unit. We've also heard from his mouth after giving up 150 points to Minnesota a couple days ago, Look, I could try zone. I could try different pick-and-roll schemes and different pick-and-roll coverages on defense. But if they're all out there getting backdoor cut and nobody's getting back in transition defense, it's not going to make a lick of difference what defense I put out there. So 
from a Billy Donovan New Year's resolution standpoint, I don't know what the try something I haven't tried thing is yet. The only thing I can think of, and it's way down at the end of the list of things he hasn't tried yet, is throwing Dale and Terry into this rotation somewhere and seeing if that somehow changes or helps anything. The energy and defense might be there from an effort standpoint. Is he mentally ready to play NBA defense? Is he Does he have those mechanics and those tools yet? On the other side of the floor, we know that Dale and Terry is still a huge work in progress as far as being a floor spacer and a scorer. That's really what this Bulls offense could use right now is another floor spacer. Dalen Terry ain't that. What do you want Billy to try that he hasn't tried already? If if I'm Billy, my New Year's resolution is like, I don't know, maybe get a Xanax prescription from my doctor. Like what? That dude is stuck. And he's got the cushy, you know, safety net of his job right now. The, the, the contract extension that we all heard about after, months after it happened and was kept under, you know, under lock and key inexplicably for some reason. But that dude's got to be one of the most stressed out people in the NBA right now because he's on a dead end road to nowhere and he's tried everything seemingly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Billy came in with gray hair, but it seems like it's uh, there's more gray in there and, and it will be turning white pretty quickly. But, I mean, there are things he can do differently, obviously, whether it's scheme on offense, defense, whether that matters. As you noted, Matt, like he, he was basically saying, none of it really matters if you're not going to bring base level, uh, you know, competitiveness, I suppose. So from that standpoint, I, I agree with him from that point of view. Is it different things he can do on offense? Yeah, definitely. Like, can we can we be running more off ball stuff for Zach Levine? Can we have be running more off ball stuff for uh for for Demar Derozan? Have the ball in hand in Patrick Williams's hand more often? Those sorts of things. Yes, that I mean, you, you we can say these things. I don't know how much of these things will be actually beneficial, or even if someone like Zach Levine has an appetite to to do these sorts of things. So I, I think that's that's one thing to consider as well. Like it's it's very easy to say, oh, it would be it would be nice to have Zach playing more of a Clay Thompson type role, but. Does Zach want to do that? Does Demar want to get off ball more often? I, I don't know the answer to those things. Obviously, that's a conversation for uh, for Billy and and uh, you know the players to be having, and maybe that's part of this disharmony that's occurring right now. And we, and we mentioned this issues in terms of what's uh, occurring internally. That that coaching staff players are not necessarily seeing eye to eye, but you know, I don't know. Who who knows what's actually happening here from that standpoint? But. <laughs> I mean, time will tell, but there are things for Billy to do. I just don't know how feasible they are. And maybe none of it matters given that this team seemingly is falling off all over the place. But I don't know. I guess let's let's take a pause because there's, there's plenty more things to discuss here. And, and look, the reason why I'm thankful that you guys are on this podcast is because it means I don't have to do any ad reads. And why would <laughs> I do any ad reads when I have you two available to me? Like that would be a disservice to our, our friendly advertisers, it would also be a disservice to those that are tuning in because they would much rather hear you guys bang on about shady rays and comed lighting. So, Dave, I'll let you I'll let you kick off, mate, rather than me telling the listeners about shady rays. Can you do so? Mark, you are too kind, sir, from the land down under. Just that kindness radiating through the screen. It's amazing. And because you are so kind, shady rays is going to hook you up, sir, just whenever you're ready for it with some premium polarized shades featuring that world-class optical clarity, that sustainable durability, and the styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. Because they never understood why these glasses were so damn expensive. They ain't get it. So they said, we are not going to make you break that bank. No, we are going to save you some money, and you're going to look amazing in your shady rays. And speaking of breaking things, the lost and broken replacements plan. That means if you got some glasses, let's say C Red Ted has got his shady rays and he's watching the game and he saw 150 points be given up and he takes them and he tosses them because he is angry. Guess what? Shady rays will replace those glasses for that main man C Red Ted for free on day one. 200,000 five star reviews is what Shady Rays has from their customers. And Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. That is amazing stuff. 
So exclusive for our listeners out there, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use that code CHGO for 50% off of two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. That is a buy one, get one free. Marque, do you know what they call that? Bogo. That is a bogo for the low low of 54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. Because the Shady Rays were the Rays, ladies and gentlemen. Are also shady. For the record, See, I, I was looking was, forward. I, mean, I was looking forward to hearing Mark K do some ad reads. I yes. mean, fine. I had to bring him in a little bit here. <laughs> you know, wow! Well, look, I, I I tell you who was definitely not looking forward to it. Shady Ray. <laughs> they would not appreciate me reading that read compared to Dave. So in that sense, I've done the right thing for for all of us. Uh, but in particularly our friends at Shady Rays, but nonetheless, um, everyone go support Shady Rays, particularly as we lead up into Christmas. What a what a Christmas gift this would be! Uh, yes. Another beautiful Christmas gift. Matthew, can you tell our friends about Comed Lighting? Oh, of course you can. Especially when you get to these dark, cold Chicago winter months, you don't want to be messing with not having the right proper lighting for your home or for your business. Comed Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Comed offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across their territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and even so much more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and networked lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. It's all about saving energy and money. Mm. So here's what you do. Visit comed.com slash poweringbiz, that's B-I-Z, right now to start saving money and energy. To start a project, you can contact them at 1-855-433-2700. That's 1-855-433-2700. For more information, you can also email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. And one more time, that main website is comed.com slash poweringbiz. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Much better than I could have said. Um I don't want to shame him, but certainly better than what William Gottlieb could have done as well. We, uh, I like to think that we bring some decent analysis here and I, but in terms of actual entertainment, <laughs> I think we are we are much drier and much blander than you two. So uh, I appreciate you guys I don't know, sharing. Man. I think if we were going to let Will go gallivanting down in Brazil for several weeks again, right. again. the least he could have done is record some ad reads for us before he left. I mean, what yeah. the hell? Athletic Greens ass just ready to go. Like, should have been there for him, man. But no, he's got to go work yeah, on his tan. Sure. He's got to be fly, you know, come back looking like Tom Holland. He's like, he's going to be on point, man. It's going to be interesting. <laughs> looking like Tom Holland. Ah, uh, man. How, how do I segue out of that? I can't. So let's just continue this stupid conversation. Let's talk about. Let's let's extend what we were talking about before in terms of resolutions, things that we need to see. You know who doesn't do. need to make any New Year's resolutions is Tom Holland because he's perfect and his life is perfect. The Bulls, however, more resolutions. <laughs> there you go. Made. That's how you say it. Okay. <laughs> that's it. We'll chop one out what I was previously saying. We'll just loop this in here because that's the segue. So Tom Holland, perfect Bulls. Not so perfect. <laughs> Clearly in need of resolutions. <laughs> so let's talk Bulls. Let's talk players. Maybe we can start with the uh, the guy who's seemingly seemingly at the uh, the top of everyone's uh, well, top of everyone's conversation. Whether it's uh, you know on Twitter, on forums, on this conversation here, whether it's in the comments, post game, everyone wants to talk about Zach Levine. Everyone's writing about Zach Levine. Zach Levine might be one of the most uh, typed-in names on Google from a bull standpoint at this point for a number of reasons, uh, like we mentioned at the top, probably because of what's, what's occurred recently in terms of reporting. But resolutions, resolutions, resolutions. Zach Levine, where do we start? Dave, I'll, I'll throw this one to you. Take it from anywhere you want, on court, off court. I mean, the, this, this, this 
I mean, this could be an entire podcast itself, but let's yeah. keep it as short and tight as possible. But Zach, resolutions, buddy, my guy, what's what's going on? I would say Zach Levine's resolution is to get what I want. And uh, Zach just fit. It seems to me Zach just wants what Zach wants. And it, this is all pure speculation. You know, obviously we don't, we haven't spoken to Zach, which is just going off of what we read and, and kind of what we've seen. Uh, but from what I've read and what I've seen, if you're having issues with DeMar, if you're having issues uh, with your coaching, then you kind of just want what you want kind of thing. And I get it because he's like, well, it's not leading to winning. But then you, when you're saying stuff like that, and I feel you on your reasoning, you got to look at yourself. You know what I'm saying? In those instances as well. When you're at the bottom of the league, you know, in clutch points, you know, and you're the guy that they're depending on to be that dude for the Chicago Bulls, at least the face of the team, even if you're not the best player on it or the guy they're going to go to all the time. Well, if you're going to be that guy, you know what I'm saying? You're going to try to get on that responsibility. There's certain things that come with that. You can't just throw the temper tantrum, you know, when things aren't going your way, you know, when you feel like they aren't looking for you. I still feel he's still mad at that game where Billy had him on the bench in the fourth quarter. Uh, You saw how upset he was at that. And again, I'm like, look at yourself, bro. You one of 16, one of whatever you were like, it was insane how bad you were playing uh, that game. So to come out and be upset and say, well, Billy's got to live with that decision. Like what? <laughs> like you slow down. What are you talking about? Like, I'm sure he slept like a baby, you know, on that decision. Cause I know I did. Cause I was definitely with Billy for having him on the bench. in in that instance, because you didn't have it. If DeMar, was going one of 16, which is wild, I feel like it would be a different set of circumstances if DeMar was going in that way. Why? Because of the proof that is in the pudding. We've seen DeMar DeRozan carry this team last year and into this year every single game. He is then the one. He has, you're like, well, it's DeMar DeRozan. You are literally the king in the fourth. That is your nickname. I don't have that nickname for Zach Levine. Your nickname, I hate you with the Zachary Attackery because when you attack, it's on point. When you ain't attacking, what do you want me to do? I have to sit you down. But um, yeah. So I think I think that bothered him, and I don't. I'm I'm gonna stop short, Marque, uh, from calling him selfish because I don't think he's a selfish basketball player like that. But I do think he wants what he wants, and he wants it kind of his way, and he wants his thing, and I think he wants to be the guy. But for me, if you want to be the guy, it ain't about saying it. You got to go out there. You got to do it. We got to see it. You know what I mean? So that's, I think that's his resolution. Like the, he wants what he wants. Well, I mean, the, the issue then is like what he wants. Does it align with what the franchise wants, what DeRozan wants, what Billy wants, all those sorts of things, what ownership wants. Like that's the source of contention here. Um, and if we're to read into anything or speculate anything into the report that was uh, put out there by Darnell and, and, and Charms, like it, it's it's hard to understand the the magnitude of what has been reported. Like, is it just uh, a minor inconvenience between all parties, or is it something that's significant, something that can't be repaired, something that they don't want to repair? Like, we don't have that context, which is why this report that has surfaced to me in some ways doesn't mean a lot. Um, maybe we'll learn more and, and over time that report will gain gain context and gain some will gain some more clarity from that point of view. But in terms of like Zach and and the way he functions with maybe DeRozan, like Matt, like is there anything these two need to do to come together and sort of bring things together in a way, whether it's on court, off court? I mean, again, maybe it's hard to answer this question because we don't necessarily know the uh you know the the context of their relationship and if it is frayed or not or all those sorts of things but nonetheless like is there things that these guys need to do on court that can uh or is there anything they can do on court that can sort of bring everything together and um at least help this team get back to 500 yeah i mean like you guys both said it's it's hard to speculate on what zach and demar's personal relationship is in the locker room and off the court right now compared to when this season began, because by all accounts, when this season began, their relationship was peachy keen. Mm-hmm. Um, on the court, somehow making Demar and Zach work better, and speaking towards Zach's personal goals and New Year's resolutions. What are a couple of flaws with this offense? Well, for one, 
they don't get to the free throw line a whole lot except for DeMar DeRozan. Big Dave, you were just talking on a recent post game about how Zach Levine and Vooch have the same number of games this season where they've attempted double-digit free throws. Yep. Now, Zach's never been a double-digit free throw, you know, season average kind of guy, but his free throw attempts are down considerably from last season when he was an all-star and went to the line 5.6 times per game. He's only at 3.9 right now. And some mm-hmm. of our listeners may, might be saying, well, Zach's certainly not getting a whole lot of love from the refs this season. Uh, for whatever reason, he started to finally get some respect from NBA refs when he would drive and draw contact at the rim. You can tell a lot this season that he's frustrated when he drives and does not get those calls, but it doesn't mean he shouldn't keep trying to draw fouls and get to the damn free throw line. The other thing is that this team does not really have any true point guards right now. Mm. Zach Levine has shown us at times that he can be a quality facilitator. And whether it's two-man game stuff with Vooch or somebody else, maybe even some Zach and DeMar two-man action, finding open looks for his teammates. Because right now, and, and Dave touched on it a little bit, we've kind of seen tunnel vision Zach from like two or three years ago. And nobody likes and nobody wants tunnel vision Zach. We've seen it. We know the end result there. But flirting with between four and a half for five assists per game in his two all-star seasons, that has come down too, just like his free throw attempts have come down. If Zach could do something to help this team, help DeMar, and help this offense, facilitate, dribble less, pass more. I think maybe that's one of the things that Billy Donovan was kind of saying through a couple layers of veiled criticism in that postgame after the Minnesota loss. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And it is interesting listening to Billy and reading between the lines. And again, it, it is speculative whether he's aiming that at Zach, whether he's more general in his, his critiques from that point of view. It, it is obviously speculative, but it, it's hard not to think that it is somewhat directed to Zach. And, you know, even Dragic's comments, um, you know, or the team more generally, like everyone's saying the same thing. They're seemingly aligned from a things that need to be said post-game when things are bad perspective. But in terms of what's actually happening on the court, that's where the, the misalignment is is occurring. So, yeah, I think you make all, all, all good points. Um, but it just, yeah, I, I just don't understand what's really happening, how much of, or just the magnitude of what's happening as well. Like, I don't know. If it, it should be a thing that they can get past if they want to get past, I guess. But I guess just the, the, the question then is, can they get past it? Will they want to get past it? Or is this... Or has this gone too far, I guess, from that point of view? But ultimately, if, if this is something that uh, can't be resolved, if, if for whatever reason... And, and it might not even be a big, fracturous thing. Like, Damara has spoken about the fact that there's no egos on this team or, you know, these guys all like each other. So it doesn't have to be this... And, and maybe the narrative will be spun this way, but it doesn't need to be this thing where there's, there's a big clash of egos or ideals. It could just be just... For whatever reason, these guys just don't gel, gel together either as people or on the court. It was the same thing with Jimmy and, and Derek. Like from their point of views, they didn't really have issues with one each other, but one and each, what you know, with 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 themselves. But ultimately, it just didn't vibe for whatever reason. They didn't hate each other. It wasn't like they were cursing at each other. It wasn't this big dynamic thing. Like from that point of view, but maybe it just didn't work. So maybe that's ultimately where things are heading with Zach and Demar. But I don't know. But in, let, let, let's talk Demar. From from his perspective, like I mean, what, what is his resolution? Like, is he, he mm. Dave? Like, is his is is his uh, entire like position on this is like, well, okay, cool. I mean, Zach, if you've got, if you've got problems or whatever or whoever it may be, like I'm I'm still doing my thing. I've been carrying this team. I don't really have to prove anything else to you, to media, to fans, to the coaches. I'll just continue doing what I'm doing. And if if that ultimately leads to wins, cool. If that leads to me staying in Chicago, cool. If that means I get out of here and maybe I'm traded to LA or somewhere else, then cool too. Like, is that Demar's perspective? And and if so, like, is his resolution just to be just to be Demar? I mean, yeah. I mean, everything you just said is exactly what was going on in my brain when you were sitting there asking that question. Yes, all of that. His resolution is could just continue doing what I've been doing. Like, I'm just going to be Demar Derozan because in this instance, he's what do you fault him for? You know, what are you looking at him for? He, I know we we talked about um, 
Oh, I said Will said this to me like once where uh, he doesn't think uh, uh, Billy deserves any any blame uh, as far as what was going on. I told him, no, everybody definitely deserves blame, you know, on the team when it's when losing is going on. And but in this instance, in this questions, I'm like, how do I blame DeMar DeRozan for anything <laughs> like in this situation? Like the man has literally carried everything. Uh, for the Chicago Bulls, everything, like everything, he's carried it all. Bad games from other people, he's definitely made up for. Um, when you needed someone to talk to to the media to drop you a nice, cool haiku or something nice to say, he's got that for you. You know, he's very wise, he's very sage in in his advice and what he wants to say uh, to the team. Um, just a guy who is now also a face of the NBA. Is also a face, you know what I'm saying, of your team. So when you see DeMar DeRozan go on these podcasts, when you see DeMar DeRozan in these commercials and things like that, he's not only representing the NBA, he's representing the Chicago Bulls. Like, that's what you see. And that's what you know him for. Hell, our T-shirts that uh, people are selling, which you guys can go buy at allchgo.com, King in the Fourth T-shirts. That's for, that is DeMar DeRozan, you know? It's what he is. So he's done everything. Uh, for the Chicago Bulls, and at the same time has done it in an old-school kind of way. What I mean by that is he don't take games off. You know, he's playing. He has not missed a game yet. You know, I, I what was the stat I saw recently that he, he is the only player in the league that is averaging over 25 points a game that has not missed a game. You know what I mean? And DeMar DeRozan is well into his 30s, you know, NBA-wise when I say that. That's well into your 30s, me, making you feel older. So, I don't see what else he can do for this team. Maybe you can uh, you want to see him play better, like defensively and, and things like that. You can look at maybe you want his three point shooting to be a little better and, and stuff like that. But, you know, outside of that, just as far as a person, uh, as far as a teammate, um, as far as a representative for your city and your team, you couldn't ask more uh, from DeMar DeRozan. You couldn't ask for a, a better kind of player than that. Yeah, well said. And, and if if there's anyone throughout this entire mess that has maybe not a 100% approval rating, but as close to as possible, it is Demar. Like, mm-hmm. think about it. Like, AK and Eversley, they have their detractors right now. Obviously, we know Billy has, uh, you know, people that are, are coming after him, as we he- routinely hear about after every game. Zach has always carried some level of stigma, will always carry some level of stigma. So he will always have his detractors. But... I mean, and go down the roster, Vooch, Pat, whoever. They've all got people that are, you know, heavy critics. Someone that, uh, you know, may receive some criticism at times, but if he does, it's very minimal. It's DeMar because he has delivered on literally every front. Yeah, he could do some things better. Maybe he himself goes too much into ISO mode. DeMar is prone to taking some bad shots here and there, just like Zach. We know about DeMar's defense, but we also know the fact that this team probably is in the play-in last season, may not have even been in the play-in without DeMar DeRozan last season. And I shudder to think what their win-loss record would be this season without DeMar. I know it's not good already, but it could be significantly worse. So if there's anyone that can sort of carry themselves and and, and keep their head up in this situation, it is DeMar because he has literally brought it every single time. So yeah, I think everything you spoke about there, uh, Dave, is completely fair and true. And um, I I don't know if there's... Anything left for him to do, Matt? I mean, f- from your point of view, Demar. Like, I mean, um, I mean is, yeah. is there anything for him to do? I was gonna say, if anything, if anything, you can knock Demar for taking off some defensive possessions every night. We see it. We see it mm-hmm. happen, and it's frustrating. But yeah, as Dave was pointing out, the stage of Demar Derozan's NBA career, if you are a elite efficient score in the NBA and you're on the back nine of, of your career, people tend to let you get away with taking off defensive possessions. Now, mm-hmm. would I like to see DeMar make a resolution to try a little bit harder on the defensive end on a nightly basis? Yes, absolutely. Do I think he owes Bulls fans that? Not entirely. Not with the offensive load he carries. Um, but, I mean, that's that's the one knock. That's the one knock you can have on this guy from a production on the floor standpoint and being a quality teammate standpoint. Um, yeah, that, that's that's how I feel about that. 
Yeah, definitely. And look, if if all things break wrong, like from a Bulls perspective, Demar's still cashing in his uh his twenty eight, twenty nine million dollars. He's still going to get word. He probably still get traded to a contender. So from his yep. perspective, it's nothing really. Uh, this ain't going to affect him, I guess. But you know, irrespective of if he's on the front nine, back nine, whatever the situation may be, Dave, I can guarantee you, Demar is wearing his his pins and aces gear. So Ooh. can you tell the listeners about our friends, our pins Ooh. and aces? Look at Mark Kane with the segue. Look at this man. I like it. Sir. Hey, I've got to. Like I've got to say thanks to Matt. That that's all Matthew Peck. He set me up for that one. That's expert point guardsmanship from his point of view. I'm just finishing <laughs> yes. the bucket. So. There we go. <laughs> and now my day is made. Yes, that is awesome. <laughs> And why don't you make your day out there, listeners, by hitting up Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of CHGO, because, of course, we love our Pins and Aces gear. And, of course, you're going to get tons of compliments on and off the course because they make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and they make that ultimate awesome beer sleeve, that innovative product that allows you to store seven of them things, seven beers right in your golf bag and keep those drinks frosty cold the entire round unless you're playing with matt peck then it will not last so check out pinsandaces.com and use the code chgo to receive 15 percent off your order and get yourself some free shipping while you're at it that is pinsandaces.com because it's pins and aces when you look good you play good and when you play good it's all good. <laughs> Make that up. Be true. I love it. I love Lovely. it. Matt, can you tell us about um, uh, our friends at DraftKings? Please. I want to. I, I want to earn some money as we head into twenty twenty three. That's my news resolution. News resolution: make more I, money, <laughs> get more money, make more money. That's yes. a that's a good resolution, especially <laughs> after all of the spending that people do around the holidays, right? Um, definitely, definitely so we usually do a DraftKings pick of the week on Tuesdays. We are recording this Tuesday to drop on Saturday. So pick of the week is tricky, but here's what I decided to do. I don't have specific odds for you, but because we're dropping this episode on Christmas Eve, I figured I would give y'all a five-legger money line pick for the NBA Christmas Day slate of five games. So here you go. If you want to make a five-leg parlay on every single NBA money line, on Christmas Day, here's where I'm leaning. You got Philadelphia on the road playing the Knicks in the early uh, in, in the early tip off game. Assuming the Sixers might be slight favorites even on the road, despite the Knicks playing well recently. I don't buy the Knicks. I'm not buying them against the Sixers. <laughs> Give me the Sixers to win on the road that'll give you some good odds even if they're slight favorites on the road they won't be huge favorites because of this recent uptick from the Knicks who by the way if you look at opponent shooting and luck shooting on this Knicks winning streak these Knicks ain't for real they're getting lucky it's gonna stop and I think the Sixers are gonna crush him on Christmas Day <laughs> Sixers in game one I'm taking Luka Magic to lead the Mavs the pathetic and hopeless Mavs to a victory over the Lakers in game two Mavs to win at home. I'm taking the Bucks on the road over the Celtics in the third game. Celtics have been looking a little wishy-washy recently. I assume the Celtics will be favored in this game because they are the two best teams in the East. As we record right now, they are only a half game apart in the standings. Give mm -hmm. me Giannis and the Bucks for a road upset win over the Celtics Christmas Day. As much as I would like to see these Warriors pull off a win over the Grizzlies with this news about Steph Curry, the Warriors without Steph Curry can't do anything offensively. And I don't see them beating the charging Grizzlies who are now 19 and 10. All of a sudden, give me Dave's guy, Ja and the Grizzlies to win on the road at Golden State in game four. And then give me the Joker and the Nuggets to beat the Suns at home in the late night tip. Game five of the Christmas Day slate. Suns have been falling off recently, and I believe that the Joker, despite not getting a whole lot of help recently, will have enough to power that Nuggets team to a win. So there you go. I'm giving you three road picks on a five-legger money line parlay that should give you some good odds. 
and some fun on Christmas Day. That's your DraftKings pick of the week. Don't forget that promo code CHGO when you sign up. I can already feel my pockets just lining up with cash. I can feel it already. Oh, thank you, Parlay Peck, there for that one. But um, I mean, if that doesn't break, obviously we all we all blame Matthew when we said him a lump bowl for uh, his uh, efforts there. But I'm I'm feeling good. I reckon he's gonna. I reckon you've nailed it, mate. I reckon you've nailed it. But uh, again, thanks to our friends at DraftKings. Let's conclude this podcast by maybe maybe we can focus on some of these lesser players and i don't say that in, in terms of you know in a discriminative way mm-hmm. I, but compared to zach and and, and demar obviously you know patrick i whoever you may be you just don't have the same status sorry i'm not breaking news from that perspective but let's talk let's quickly hit on these guys if there's anything from the bulls role role players that you know they have any resolutions or things that, that we want to see from them going forward and Maybe as from there we can conclude the podcast with a you know a quick round from from our side is you know things that we want to see I guess. Um, but Dave, let's start with Pat. Like, what do we want to see from this dude entering in twenty twenty three? Didn't start well. It seemingly got back to a level now where he stabilized. There's been some improvements in certain areas, but where do you want to see this thing go for Pat into twenty twenty three? I still think Pat is looking for comfort, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. I still think he's searching for it. Uh, where, do, where, do I, where am I comfortable at? You've seen glimpses, um, seen little bits and pieces of it. Personally, I still think he's better as a three. I don't, I don't know if that's the reason he's still playing like he is, you know what I'm saying, things like that. But you put that out your brain because DeMar DeRozan's there. <laughs> it's not going to happen. So you have to learn how to play uh, this. So you know, it's your fault for being huge, <laughs> being a huge individual who looks like he is skilled. So, yeah, they can they can play you at multiple positions. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm still thinking he's looking to find his comfort um, and do it where he can play consistently. Because now you can't say words where you feel like you can be a superstar in this league. Like, you can't say those words, especially being a Chicago Bull. You can't say those kind of words and then we not see it. You know, like you put a target in a bullseye on yourself and hopefully that helps motivate you uh, to get to that level. But we got to see the superstar stuff. I saw superstar stuff last year in a game where nobody was really playing, but I still saw it. He was dropping 30 plus on cats. I got to see that, you know, this year. Like you can't sit there and say it because you made it seem like, you know, the game is getting simpler and easier for you. You know, we I like the belief. I'm glad you got it. Um, but now you got to do something with it. So that's that's kind of what I want to see for him. Find that comfort uh, in the new year to where he can, you know, f- elevate to where he thinks he can really be, which is a superstar in this league. Yeah, completely true. And and I, I feel similarly. You, you can't be dropping those sorts of things whilst your per 100 stats are literally near identical to your rookie numbers. So from that point of view, I probably need to see more, Patrick. But um, and and look, it, it remains to be seen what more means in this case, and it probably is contextual. Like, assuming this day this team stays together, like more from Pat looks very different in that scenario versus if things were to be blown up and Pat is suddenly thrust into more on-ball situations. Like more in that scenario then looks very different from that point of view. So, um, he his you know next few months is largely contingent on what happens thereafter with this team, and you know beyond this, beyond, you know, beyond beyond him, basically. Like, what, what's going to happen with DeMar? What's going to happen with Zach and, and the team more generally? And this, that that is true. That sentiment is true for someone like Io as well. So, like, Matt, like, maybe it's very similar, like, from your perspective in terms of what we just said in, from Pat. Does that transfer over to Io as well, given that, you know, we had high hopes for Io. We still do, but he seemingly stagnated some here. Um, similar to Pat, got the start. Things slowly but surely uh, tailed off a little bit and haven't necessarily recovered. So, like from an Ayo's point of view, is his is his path forward very similar to Pat's in the sense that we just need to see more from from this dude as we into twenty twenty three? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so. Uh, if, if I were to pick one area of Ayo's game uh, that I would like him to focus on and maybe make some sort of resolution for himself. Um, it's the we all know that he is great getting downhill in transition when he finds those opportunities and 
for the you know our opponent's defense set io's got himself a quick easy two points and he's been very efficient with that and it's great we haven't seen as much of the we know io played point guard at u of i in college he's been kind of a combo guard of sorts for the bulls thus far through his first one and a half nba seasons as we continue to look around and say anybody on this roster an actual point guard can io build more of that part of his game into the back two-thirds of this season can he bump up his nightly assist numbers whether he's playing with the first unit or the second unit run plays that use your skills of sometimes actually breaking guys down off the dribble we know you know his his handle still needs work it's not the worst handle in the league as far as ball handlers who handle the ball considerable amount of time but it's it, it's something that the Bulls could accomplish and Io can accomplish collectively in a season that might be lost already is figuring out if Io is an option at that position. I think that that's something that could be useful for him and the Bulls moving forward. Not just letting Io get out transition because we know he's great at that and that's wonderful fun. Can he run a half-court offense? Find that out. Yeah, I think that's all good points. Like, it, it makes sense for the team, obviously, for all the reasons you noted. But for Io himself, like, the byproduct of him playing good is getting that bag. Like, Io is a free agent coming up in this offseason. So, there is a correlation to it in terms of his on court play, what that maybe means for his trajectory as a player more generally, and ultimately, you know, the type of contract he can. He can uh, yield from the Bulls going forward from that point of view. So the, he has a lot to play for from that perspective, whether it's you know just improving as a player but securing life-altering money as well. So there's a lot at stake here for Ayo, um, not, not obviously for, for everyone, but from a pure contractual point of view, there's, there's things for Ayo to do as well. Maybe, look, obviously we could keep going down this theme and, and, and maybe we will go we will go down that theme from a player-centric point of view. But let, let, let's close the pod with some you know, specific resolutions that you guys have more generally, whether it's player-specific, team-specific, um, however you guys want to handle this or take it, I don't mind. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. you guys are very creative. I'll let you uh, go with it in any, any way you want. For, but like Dave, from, I don't know, from a fan point standpoint, like what, what, what is there something that you would love to see going to 2023? Is it like, like I said, it could be team-specific or player-specific, mm-hmm. spe- uh, but like what, what is it that you're sort of, you know, when it comes to Christmas morning, uh, and as we enter into 2023, what are you hoping to see from the balls that are, you know, Santa? What what type of gift are you expecting from Santa in this sense, or hoping for at least? It's a great question. Um, for me specifically, <laughs> when I open the gifts under the tree, my Chicago Bulls gifts up under the tree, and I open them up, what I want to see in that box is three point shooting. I want the Bulls to please. <laughs> Please, for everything good and holy in this world, go get me some three-point shooting. I don't care from where. I don't care who. Get me (laughs) some shooting, please. I, I can't, you know, when we sit and we talk about these games and we break them down, you know, we do all of that. The one thing I always look at is the three-point numbers. Always. I just always look at it. And because mm-hmm. when pretty much when they lose that, they lose the game. That's pretty much what it is. And I know everything else about what we're saying is correct about their rotations being late, about the, uh, not helping Vooch on the back end of defense. You know, the turnovers, all of that is right. All of that is factual and logical and correct. But for me, everything can be absolved if you hit threes, because it, before these last couple games it wasn't like you were being blown out or being destroyed you know by these teams you were losing because you could not hit these shots and when you could hit those shots you did not lose a game when you were shooting over 40 percent that only occurred in the last two games when you shot over 40 percent and you lost the game that was the first time they started happening when you just got blown out by teams who were guess what hitting a bunch of three-pointers so I want that under my tree. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'm I hope uh Maddie Legend Claus comes down and, and drops that up <laughs> under the tree, you know, and, and I open that gift and I just see three point shooting 
in that gift. That is all I want from the Chicago Bulls is three-point shooting. So please, Matty Claus, bring me three-point shooting, sir. <laughs> Uh, we, we we could have done without a Matty Claus reference, but nonetheless, no, that is in no, the books. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, if that's your Christmas wish, who am I to say you're wrong? I don't hey? think there's <laughs> any way you could have avoided it, Mark. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. But Pack, in terms of like you, you know, you're writing down your list of resolutions for 2023, things that you want to improve on in your life, and I guess the balls are, <laughs> are, 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 are attached to that from that point of view. What are you writing down from on that list on 2023, 2023 rather, resolutions? What, what are you noting down from a Bulls point of view, from your perspective? Well, I mean, yeah, if you want to get real, like working on my rage problem. But right now, it doesn't look like the Bulls are going to help me at all with that in 2023. Um, something I would like to see under my Bulls fan Christmas morning, I don't know, some bionic knees that are fully functional that I can give to Lonzo Ball. <laughs> Speaking of this team's need of three-point shooting, I don't know how yeah. likely that is. I know Santa can work miracles, but that one might be a miracle too far. But I agree with Dave. I This team needs more three-point shooting. We know it. We talk about it every night in postgame when they take another loss. The lowest volume three-point shooting team, which leads me to the last resolution that I will throw out there. I liked a lot of what Dave said, had to say about Pat, but I wanted to tack this on there. Right now, Patrick Williams is averaging... 3.1 three-point attempt game. 3.1. He's shooting 44.4% on his three-point attempts. That's your answer. You want more threes and you want more made threes? And I know some Bulls fans that might be out there saying, well, they need to run more plays for Pat then. They need to run more plays where they he gets good looks off the ball, some catch-and-shoot opportunities. Great. Then do that. Also, starting in January 1st, 2023, every time I see Pat pass up an open three because he's being unselfish and like, oh, I'm going to swing one more pass over. If the person he's swinging a pass over to is named Alice Caruso or Goran Dragic or Javante Green or Derek Jones Jr. or DeMar DeRozan, I'm going to give that man a slap on the wrist because none of them can shoot threes as well as Pat can. So some of it's coaching and some of it's getting Pat those opportunities designed to draw it up for him. And some of it is Pat knowing that he is this team's best three-point shooter right now. Let it fly, Pat. I do not want to see you finish this season averaging 3.1 attempts per game beyond the arc. Get that closer to four and a half, or dare I say even five. Shoot the damn ball, Pat. I, I co-sign everything that you just said, but I, I specifically love the fact that you started that rant by saying, I need to work on my anger management in 2023 because <laughs> you clearly proved that's still a problem in 2022, as you just noted. I but got news for you, Marque. It's going to be a problem in 2024 too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I don't disagree with you, Dave. Um, I would like to think that, that there could be some some work done in that space for our friend Matthew, but nonetheless, it's a process. We're always developing as people. Absolutely. So, But look, everything you know there, both of you, I completely agree with. And look, from my perspective, I could go into a player thing here, but f- I, I guess to close the podcast and just the, the approach that I'm thinking about this going forward, like whatever happens, like clearly the Bulls are in a, in a, in a mess right now. I don't know where things are going to go. Obviously, time will tell. But I, I just hope that we as a fan base, we as fans, us here on the podcast, I hope we can just do it with you know, good spirits and, and have some fun with it. Like Particularly if we're about to enter into a, a phase where this team heads down a dark path from a rebuilding point of view. Like, Let's just try our best to, to make the best of it, I guess, whatever that, whatever that looks like. Um, particularly if there are bad basketball moments. We've just got to find the comedy in it. We've got to find the good moments. We, we And ultimately, like we do have each other. I, I sound like a sentimental douchebag from that perspective, but I just hope we as a fan base can have some fun with whatever's happening. Being 11 and 18 right now clearly hasn't been fun, but hopefully the next few months can be, irrespective of what that path is. Even if it is a blow-it-up path, let's just try to find the, uh, the silver lining through that. And if the silver lining is that, I mean, if the lone silver lining is that we experience this together um, as fans, that we share we share in this misery, and and then hope, hopefully that misery turns into some good times down the road, then um, if we can do it together, I suppose like, that's ultimately what I uh, 
what I hope. And, and look, that's what I'm going to be thankful for, to be honest with you. And I, I am, I'm glad that I'm part of CHGO from that perspective to be talking to you two guys, to Will, to everyone else, the diehards that follow us. Um, we really appreciate it. So I, I'm, I, like I said, I was being sentimental in that, in that a little bit before, but I do generally mean all that. So for everyone out there, whether you're, you know, you're celebrating your Christmas or happy holidays, whatever, whatever, whatever it is you celebrate, um, yeah, I appreciate you guys, Matt, Dave. I appreciate you, even I didn't, even though I didn't say it before, Matt. I am thankful for you as well as Dave, but um, as well as you, the listener. So I'm hoping everyone <laughs> is enjoying the uh, their Christmas festivities, their holidays, whatever it is you do, whatever it is you celebrate. I hope you're help, happy, healthy with friends, with family, and um, everything's everything else is going well for you because seemingly it's not going so well for the Bulls at the moment. But uh, nonetheless, we we are here for you. But uh, let, let's close the podcast. Matt, you know where to find Matthew at Bulls underscore pack. Dave too at Bow Sports. Was that good enough, Dave? I don't know. If Put I in know. the effort, which is all I wanted, Mark K. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you a go. For effort, probably there you go. An F for execution, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, you know where to get Dave. I'm at MK Hoops. We are CH underscore Bulls on Twitter, obviously on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you consume your podcast, you know where to get us by now. But again, thank you everyone for tuning in. We appreciate your support. We'll be speaking to you. I mean, we're, we're in a holiday period, but we ain't stopping. We, we're going to continue covering this this Bulls team. So you know where to get us. But I uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Be safe, be well, and we'll speak to you very soon, Bulls fans. Peace.